0: When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel rates from $94 per night plus tax at DisneySpringsHotels.com 50. Rates based on availability. Blockout dates may apply. See website for details.
1: On another exciting edition of Animation Deliberation, we continue our coverage of Young Justice Season 4, Young Justice Phantoms, with episode 22, Rescue and Search, the beginning of Nightwing's arc. Stay tuned for that, right after some ads we have no say over whatsoever.
0: You're invited to take a vacation. From everybody else's vacation, to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens. And see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome.
1: Along, if you know the words, a one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, folks, welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I am J. Scotty St. Clair, and I am joined by the Z to my daring Dan Danger, Mr. Zuhair Ali. Hey buddy, how you doing?
0: Doing well. How about yourself?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. It's always nice to be back discussing Young Justice, especially with an episode like this. I really enjoyed this episode.
0: I was so happy with it. Like, can we just shoot straight in?
1: Yeah, let's before we dive right in, let's just give a little bit of a plug to our episode that we did earlier this week. We had our second interview with an industry professional. We spoke to film editor and special effects artist and animator Nina Helene Hurton. So uh, when you hear the episode a little later this week you might hear that I had to bow out a little bit early but I'm actually looking forward to hearing the conversation as I edit it because it sounds like from the little bit I've heard you guys had a really good time
0: yeah she was she wasn't shy to sharing anything like one question was just filled with stories and stories and just kind of hearing how things work with animation and live action and then working on series itself was really insightful, and we definitely took up a lot more <laughs> of our time that we anticipated <laughs> to but it was it was a good time and very insightful
1: sweet sweet. I'm glad to hear that and like I said, I look forward to hearing the rest of the conversation as well as putting it out there for all of you to hear. Last thing before we dive into this episode, which I'm very excited to do, I did want to make mention that Andrew's not here. Wish that he could be here, especially considering Nightwing is such a favorite character of his, but he had front row seats to the Knights versus the Monarchs game, so he had to be there. We miss him, though. Okay. Take it away, my friend. What do you. You said you really enjoyed this episode. Tell me what you're thinking.
0: I. As much as we missed Nightwing and wished that he was incorporated a little more earlier. I am so happy with the way that they placed it and put his arc last because Mm. of Zatanna's line of we need a detective. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they've been putting all these teasers and pieces and clues and stuff throughout the series. And all these questions that have been lingering for us. Like we actually get to see the whole season be put together, not only in the sense of, detective evidence but getting the team back together too. And god, I just loved all of it. I could have a whole show just on Zatanna and Dick together because mm-hmm. I love both of them ever so dearly and seeing them just interact the way that they did was amazing. You mentioned the baseball game earlier and the fact that Zatanna was so mad at Superman that she was <laughs> like I hope the Knights destroy them tonight. I was like I love that so much, <laughs> especially because baseball season's going on right now too and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how up I've been on sports lately, so just all that interaction was just so much fun. It was great seeing all of our characters, great seeing everything put back together, and I think this arc is just going to be phenomenal. Yeah,
1: I echo all of your sentiments. I really enjoyed this episode, and it's been interesting with this season. We've talked at length about how they've decided to break this this season up into character arcs and spend a little bit of time with these characters. and. For that reason, it made it feel a, a lot different from a lot of seasons of Young Justice, but for the most part, I was enjoying it. But just diving right back in with Nightwing, Dick Grayson, and slowly having our team come back together with this detective story, it really did feel like a classic episode of Young Justice. And I was talking to a friend of the show, Haley Hobbs, and I said, you know, I, I feel like Nightwing, Dick Grayson really is like the heart of the show in a lot of ways, which she had an excellent re- response. She said that he has her heart. <laughs> so Well played there. But yeah, it was really fun having this detective story where we as the viewers already had this an- all the answers, but it was just fun to watch the rest of these characters, especially Nightwing, come to these conclusions where, you know, his cohorts were kind of questioning. and I mean, like I think Rocket said, isn't that reaching, you know, guessing that there might be time travel at play and multiple planets all leading to the same thing, but sh- slowly but surely with every reveal, they slowly got on the same page as us and it was a lot of fun and you bring up Dick and Zatanna's chemistry it's yeah it's just so much fun they've got this really playful charming chemistry and it makes me wonder I don't think you were on the episode but when Andrew and I were kind of speculating where this where this arc was going to go with Nightwing I kind of mentioned I wonder if they're going to play with that romantic chemistry at all and it still seems like it's going to Stick to them just being friends, but uh, on that note, it was really interesting to learn that not only Zatanna, but Rocket had dated Nightwing as well. Yeah. We learned that I from was like, Tigris. he definitely
0: worked his way around the room. <laughs> <laughs> that he did. That he did. Yeah, so. ended up with Barbara, and they're a great couple, but I'm always going to ship him and Zatanna, but leaves are open for me, so it works out.
1: Well, I found myself wondering whether or not he was still with Barbara, because he's off doing this whole daring Danger Dan or uh, Daring Dan Danger thing while he mentions that Oracle is still running missions. So made me kind of wonder what the status of their relationship was.
0: I mean, Calder is on a sabbatical, so why can't Nightwing be for the same reason?
1: Oh, he totally can be. It's just... Yeah, that's how I
0: took it is that he's just taking a break and trying to just, you know toned down a little bit because even when Zatanna brought it up she was like I just need 24 hours like she's asking so much because he clearly just doesn't want to be a part of it he just wants to accept that Connor's gone and move on
1: yeah but he doesn't even need the 24 hours to be convinced otherwise and you brought up Aquaman Calder I felt so bad for him when he mentioned yeah. I finally come to terms with Connor's death and Dick's just
0: like yeah about that, about that. <laughs> his eyes just widen. Oh, yeah. Well, stuff. well, well, indeed. It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like I saw the line coming, but the delivery oh, was sure. just so perfect. I was like, this is great. Oh, for sure. Oh, I love the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. And this detective story I kind of mentioned uh, kind of dominated this episode for the most part, but we did have a few other storylines going on. We got to basically pick up right where we left off with the last episode in terms of where Lorzod and our Legionnaires and Bart Allen were And just seeing the kind of hostage situation that was taking place on Bioship, which was as tense a situation that was, it was not without its humor. I think about when Lorzod told Bioship to behave. (laughs) She kind of dimmed her lights and then dimmed them back on when he said behave or else. And then when he did get Bart Allen to hop onto the Kazakh treadmill. The First time around when he pressed that button, you he, he shocked him. He's like, Oops, wrong
0: button, wrong button. What Moved a dick. sinister way! <laughs> it's like, Oh, wrong button, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I think that was probably the least interesting of the three stories, but it was mm. intriguing as well because obviously it's going to build to a lot more,
1: yeah. It really just felt like set up for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
0: I kind of brought up the stakes, especially with Bart being in the situation that he's in.
1: Right. Yeah. It's worth mentioning. Uh, we brought it up at the beginning of this back half of the season. Andrew noticed some of the like descriptions or the log lines for the episodes. And this one was pretty funny as well. It's <laughs> Bart yeah. Allen shopping. Zatanna Zatara stops to talk baseball. Daring Dan Danger returns.
0: Yeah, this was this reading this before we started recording was the only reason I knew that it was baseball because I oh, right. I've always heard it. I remember in um, it was Batman v Superman. I think it, the movie starts off with a football game to introduce Cyborg, so I I thought right. they were talking football.
1: That's funny because my mind went to basketball for whatever reason.
0: Hey, it's <laughs> a big rivalry. Rivalry, go Knights!
1: Yeah. Oh, you go for the Knights, huh? <laughs> Cause I mean, the whole Bat
0: some... family's in Gotham, so. <laughs>
1: Oh okay, I didn't even think about that. That makes sense. Oh yeah, for the for
0: the listeners that don't know, then it's the Gotham Knights and the Metropolis Monarchs. Oh okay. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Thanks for filling me yeah, in yeah. on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's why it was funny that um Superman was high on the Monarchs and that's why Dick just kind of rolled his eyes at that cuz that's like the big rivalry in the DC universe, is the the teams of those two made-up cities. Oh uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I have to
1: imagine the Knights are kind of like the underdogs, and I always like to pull for an underdog, so I guess I'll be going for the Knights as well, even though I'm not the biggest sports fan. But I am a fan of the show.
0: And the Bat Family.
1: That too, of course. That goes without saying. But we, so we talked about the two storylines so far, and then the third one was obviously Superboy, Back in the Phantom Zone. I guess there are almost four storylines, because I'll, I'll get back to this one, but The way that the detective story went there towards the end, having Clarion back in the picture almost kind of felt like a little bit of a side mission of its own in some ways that, you know, yielded a little bit of fruit in terms of learning about the school bus's plan B. Uh, But we can get into that later. To get back to the Superboy proceedings, it's uh, my main takeaway was kind of that Superboy's time with the Zods has not been good for his memory. I recall at one point in time after he had been spending time with Zod, it seemed like he was starting to get his memory back in terms of remembering his family and losing these hallucinations of Lex Luthor and whatnot. But now when he's being questioned about his lineage and what house he comes from, he can remember the House of El symbol and the fact that he was a genomorph and he's Superman's genetic half-brother. But other than that, he is convinced that he killed Superman. Mm -hmm. And he calls himself like of the house of Luthor, which is really concerning. It makes me wonder that when he does eventually get freed from the phantom zone, what mental state is he going to be in?
0: Oh, I didn't even think of that. I thought it was just working out for him that, you know, he still has the Zod's trust and, you know, they're kind of relieved that, you know, he killed the last member of house of L. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think of what was gonna happen when he leaves because now that Ghosty's back, maybe the the light of actually heading out of there is a little higher.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's one. If I had to have like one thing to like nitpick about this episode, it was the fact that we only got the one dot line of dialogue from Phantom Girl. I loved how they set up her being conscious with just like little visual cues, like when he was being interrogated by mm-hmm. the Zods, you saw her hand just kind of like twitch and whatnot. But then when they go to get some air, as they say. Even though there is no air in the Phantom Zone, which Superboy points out to Ursa's chagrin, she immediately rises and says, uh, we are in imminent or serious danger. And I would have liked just a little bit more setup for the future there, but, uh, you know, I can't complain too much.
0: Yeah, that was a nice little touch, just having like the little finger nudge. Um, I do have to say, kind of unrelated. Mm-hmm. I finally got a new center speaker for my surround sound, and hearing the audio con like the vocal vocals come directly from that, is so nice. much nicer now. They don't have a cracky speaker, and <laughs> cool. being able to pay attention because you know me, I'm not a sub. I don't like subtitles when I'm watching something for the first time. Sure. So I'm sure any of the other audiophile listeners will appreciate that. Like my system's a lot nicer and being able to pick up on cues and dialogue and stuff like that. It's just, it's so much nicer to be able to genuinely pick that up without having to read cues. Uh, but coming back to it a little bit, that interaction at it, the it's, it's really interesting how they do recaps without having to do recaps. And that mm. one explaining like, Hey, this is the lineage of Superboy and how we got here. And um, all that stuff is, is really cool. And even with the dialogue of, one of the hostages, I'm forgetting their names, but when they were talking about, like, you won in your time, like, everything that you wanted happened, but you had to come back and do it at your own pace and this right. and that. It it's, yeah. sets up that character. It's like, it's all out of, like, pettiness, I guess.
1: Hmm. Yeah, pettiness and impatience, I would say. I believe that was Saturn Girl that had that line of dialogue there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did kind of want to circle back to what you brought up about the audio. I'm really happy for you that you got a nice setup. I imagine that was maybe a birthday gift perhaps, or just a birthday treat self-treated, There's... but yeah, I I,
0: okay. I, I bought a center speaker off Facebook marketplace and didn't realize that it was broken on the inside. And the amount of times I've taken uh, it apart and tried to fix it, like it still gets crackly and it's been driving me nuts. So I said, screw I it in okay. bought a new one at a decent price. Well, that's
1: it's still interesting that you decided to bring up audio on this episode because I watched the episode with headphones on. And one thing I definitely noticed and appreciated is uh, when we had the scene that kind of introduced Dick as Daring Dan Danger, I noticed that it seemed like when uh, – I can't remember the ringleader, his name, but uh, the ringleader of Haley's Circus when he first announced – Daring Dan Danger, the show did a good job of like making use of both sides of my headphones to create that kind of like three-dimensional crowd mm-hmm. atmosphere. It was really well
0: done. Yeah, so for me, it was nice having the left and right speakers simulate that and then the dialogue like coming directly from the center speaker. Yeah, it's just, mm. God, to yeah. appreciate good sound.
1: Yeah, and I had mentioned that this episode felt a lot more like classic Young Justice, not only with Jack Haley. Sorry, Jack Haley. Okay, no, you're good. I'm glad you you pulled that. It would have bothered me too. Jack Haley was the ringleader, but as I was saying, this episode felt like classic Young Justice in a lot of ways. Not only just our heroes being reunited and uh, working as a team together again, but on the subject of audio, it it, ju- it was nice just hearing the Zeta Tube announcer again, like announce our heroes arriving and giving them their designators and whatnot like i feel like that's something we haven't seen as much since maybe like the beginning of the season sparingly but then really i felt like it was very much like a season one and season two thing
0: yeah especially because um we haven't had artemis in a while either and artemis i mean the stephanie Lamellen voices both Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. Uh, so hearing both of them come back at the same time was a fun touch too but then also hearing like typically the computer has the same dialogue like but it was interesting how she was using like identified and you know uh using their numbers and saying who's missing, so hearing mm-hmm. the computer talk in different settings now was something that was new, which I kind of liked,
1: yeah, definitely like they that they updated the a
0: i or something over well i guess ten years,
1: yeah yeah the course of 10 years Yep.
0: man seeing so i did pay attention to rocket's apartment this time and i noticed the framed up photo in the back the selfie of the whole original team together mm. as mm-hmm. like the members were coming back so seeing them like older sitting on the couch with that picture on the wall was just it was so sweet and oh my god satan is a babe like it, <laughs> I just put in there any opportunity that he can
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that, that brings up to mind two talking points on the subject of recognizing little cues in Rocket's apartment. Was Amistad, I couldn't decide, or I guess I didn't look at it. I didn't pause it. I should have paused it, but he was either wearing an icon like shirt costume or a Martian Manhunter one. Did you pick up on that?
0: I thought it was Martian Manhunter first, too, and then I remember that exactly is icon.
1: Okay. It's interesting yep. that their outfits are that similar that we both had the same. Yeah. Kind of confusion for a second. I was like,
0: why would he be wearing a Manhunter one? Is it from McGann? Oh, no. I got
1: it. <laughs> yeah. And then you talked about seeing the old team together and how good Zatanna looks. But then it just kind of makes me think of like Aqua, Aquaman's line there when he has, he's kind of has that little stubble and beard filling in. It's like, looks good. I think it was Rocket that said it, which kind of reminded me of their very brief romance at the end of season one. And then he mentions that Wynn likes it as well. So we've just got a good looking crew of people between the guy with the nicest, but really
0: makes the rounds around the (laughs) team. I love that. (laughs) It's like they all went to a small high school together and everyone's dated each other.
1: Mm, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It's bound to happen. It's like summer camp. (laughs) Uh, But um, I, I guess the, last big talking point to talk about is uh, where we leave off with these various stories. So we already talked about Superboy, his situation with the Zods and having Phantom Girl fully be conscious. We're going to have to see how that plays out. Uh, But besides that, we briefly alluded to the fact that this detective mission with Zatanna, Dick, and the rest of the gang culminated in the Tower of Fate with a battle against Clarion, which I mentioned didn't yield much fruit, but I I have to imagine part of the thought process that went into the writing there is just Clarion is such a fun character. He has to be as much as a fan favorite as he is. He has to be a favorite of these creative, uh, creative creators for lack of a better term, the people that make this show, because like it seems like any excuse they can have to throw him into the mix, they relish the opportunity and he's just, he's always so much fun. I really enjoyed that battle and, uh, is with this being the start of Nightwing's arc, I really appreciated that besides Zatanna, he was the one that was able to hold his own against Clarion the best. And it was had a pretty impressive. Would, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was pretty with impressive. With how much emphasis went into like how he could take on like, uh super people and whatnot. I've had a feeling he would hold his own for a little bit, which made mm-hmm. me feel bad for Artemis a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> He, Dick is a little better at yeah. him. He was trained by Batman, so yeah, yeah. Everybody and needs their it moment. Kind to it kind of reminded me um, in Earth's Mightiest Heroes when mm-hmm. Kang was like assessing how much of a threat Earth was. Mm-hmm. They there was a part where they went through like the main heroes and had like a grade on them for like A, B, C on who's most threatening. Okay. I kind of want to see that for Young Justice, like the team and the outsiders and. Okay. all of those like how would you grade power level for threat wise if you know like that in season two the challenger that came down and fought shazam
1: yeah i hadn't thought about him in a while that's a great great callback
0: yeah so i that that scene from arts hero just crossed my mind when that happened that would be a, a cool like level grading system to see like who's a rank b rank c rank
1: yeah i have to imagine metron might have a file somewhere oh for sure yeah But I I do, I love the callback to the, I can't remember the character's name, but the challenger from way back in season two. Yeah. Yeah, It'd be cool to see him again. But then, yeah, we talked about the setup for the magic school bus to come back again. And when we were talking about it, you know, earlier in the season, we thought it was just as delightful, as hilarious it was that this school bus they'd been planting the entire time. Was so significant and so important and it, it just continues to be it's really kind of uh surprising me and just when you see that piece of paper that says magic school bus that you ha- mm. have to imagine that was like for my generation all those kids that grew up with the magic uh. School bus <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's a little bit of fun it makes me wonder if warner brothers did magic school bus back in the day
1: hmm uh i that's a good question. I don't have the information right in front of me. I feel like I remember it coming on Fox, but I can do a quick search here. PBS.
0: Oh, okay. Which makes sense. Yeah,
1: but uh, besides that we talked about Lorzad and Ma'alfalact and their hostage situation with Bioship and Bart Allen. I guess it was through Maalfalak disguising himself as Light Ray to hang around Supertown. He found out that the Kaiser Thrall had been taken to Oa. So we've got our setup with Zatanna and Dick and the gang. They're going to be pursuing the magic school bus, but then our foes are obviously going to be traveling to Oa, which is the planet where it's basically the capital for the Green Lantern courts where they do their training and their initiation and where the guardians reside, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, if they're going to be successful in I guess what will turn out to be kind of a heist against the Green Lanterns to get this this Kaiser Thrall back. Yeah. But then... Who's apparently an 11-year-old boy? Exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah, we had that credit scene and we'd been talking about how it was apparently a sentient being this whole time and... I can't remember who said that um, they likened it to the mother box or the father box, which I, at that point in time made a lot of sense to me. But now, yeah, uh-huh. to get the information that it's an 11-year-old boy from Earth that's trying to communicate. did not. I'm see wondering
0: that if, like, somebody was influenced by Halo and how she was a mix of Gabrielle and a mother box. Ooh. And this, like, kind of thrall was just kind of like an attempt at replicating that.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because in the Rocket arc when we had the delegations, they mentioned that both Cyborg and Halo were a combination of like new God technology with human beings. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Kind of makes me wonder if maybe it was potentially someone on the other side, maybe like Granny Goodness, having gone toe to toe with both Halo and Cyborg. Maybe. Or maybe even Metron. He's... Kind of proven himself. Well, no, I guess because we saw him combat the the Kaiser Thrall. If he was in any kind of control about it, that probably would have come up right then and there. Yeah. Hmm.
0: And apparently that lantern's name was Green Lantern Saranac Natu.
1: Saranac Natu.
0: Which you saw Forager standing next to her, too. Which was- Correct. Yeah, the mountain Man, Forager. Man, she moved up its- quick.
1: <laughs> She's got some willpower.
0: Uh, well, I guess because she fought against that crew. It's kind of why they just kind of threw her on that mission.
1: And I wonder if the previous ring wielder has any kind of influence. Like we know that the ring has AI. So if it was being wielded by such a celebrated hero, such as Tomar Ray, hmm. maybe she just kind of gets instantly installed with kind of this prestige for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Or she's an intern.
1: It could be. I'll buy that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Interns don't get paid. They get trained. That's true. They get paid with the satisfaction of saving the galaxy with their willpower.
1: Mm. And the potential for maybe being able to travel to Earth to see her long-distance boyfriend.
0: Yeah, what greater reward is there, (laughs) right?
1: I can't think of too many. (laughs) Who doesn't want to spend time with forager quoting shakespeare
0: yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm trying to think if i have anything else to say about this episode
0: mine's going backwards a little bit oh yeah what you got um when they were at bibbo's and clark kent was just trying to drink his coffee and yeah Nightwing is Zatanna just sat. And he's just like, I need to find a new place to get coffee. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's kind of where I was <laughs> going. With it was too. so
0: great. It's like uh, it's kind of a need to know basis. It's, it gave out the details like, well, this is all I can share.
1: <laughs> right,
0: right. Like everything that led up to Zatanna's snarky remark about the mice was just—it's such good writing. I loved this Clark Kent so much. Mm, mm. Oh, um, when they were Drew's Drew Zod's the dad, right? Yeah, Drew is General Zod, correct. Yeah. When Drew Zod was talking about Kal-El, they brought mm-hmm. up his brother and how she had he had a daughter. They oh yes. Kind of confirmed that uh Supergirl Kara is somewhere out there as well.
1: Yeah, that's a great, great call out. Uh I if they stick to the usual DC lore, as I recall, she is probably in the lost city of Kandor. Okay, which has been done in a couple of different ways. I think of the Injustice video game series, and they also did the comic and the animated movie, which I have not seen yet. But in that continuity, Kandor was one of the parts of Krypton that were collected by Brainiac. Mm. I mean, I think she's a prime candidate to join the Young Justice universe sooner rather than later. So that yeah, could that'd be you. cool
0: with how much emphasis we've been getting with uh, Kryptonians mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. few episodes as well. Uh, I can't remember what the... It was, like, in the opener of Supergirl. I think, like, when her parents were getting her off, she actually had to mix up with the Phantom Zone, but managed to get out.
1: Oh, on the TV show? Yeah. Okay. I only saw the first couple of seasons.
0: Which is why, like, even though she's older than Kal-El, she comes off younger because she didn't age while she was in the Phantom Zone or something like that. And okay. Okay. And Clarion saying there's a bunch of like whiny baby Kryptonians in the Phantom Zone makes you wonder if there actually is a baby or oh a teenager, okay I guess
1: that's that's an interesting insight into that line. I just kind of took it Clarion being Clarion and who else yeah, is going to yeah, yeah. refer to Kryptonians as whiny? But I mean, now I'm
0: actually thinking of Supergirl being a kid or a teenager and uh-huh. yeah you know if she if she actually remembers and witnessed Krypton blowing up and then got trap there like that's pretty traumatic for all that stuff to happen at the same time oh definitely definitely interesting yeah yeah that'd be cool if they brought her in this season and kind of expanded on her more with fingers crossed next season
1: yeah it seems like as much as the season's coming to a close it seems like there is quite a bit of setup for a potential fifth season so we did our part with the campaign hopefully people are tuning in to young justice on hbo max seems like it's one of our more popular series that we cover as far as the podcast goes. So I'm optimistic that we'll get a future season, but this is, you know, yeah. I've said it before, this is the little show that could, and maybe it's not so little <laughs> anymore. It seems like it's definitely picked up steam. Yeah. I was just kind of with you going back to the whole Clark and the coffee shop, it did make me kind of think back on one of the other, like not a huge reveal, but kind of just building this world in the timeline a little bit. we wondered how much of a role the Legionnaires had been playing and how long they'd kind of been keeping tabs on them. And it seems like it's been the better part of a year in the present timeline mm-hmm. because, you know, we saw them at the UN, which we already know. Chameleon Boy was at the UN, but then seeing Saturn Girl, uh, she was there at the at Bibbo's coffee shop serving them when they had their first kind of uh, party. But then uh, was there one more sequence that I'm forgetting? Maybe that was it. Uh,
0: they were grocery shopping with Bart.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. Which was new information. Okay, cool.
0: The wiki for Young Justice didn't have any trivia, but they did have a goof.
1: Oh, yeah? What was that?
0: Backward spells have always been cast by speaking verbal commands at each word's read backwards, but without changing their order. Clarion spells in this episode, however, were inverted audio of the actor's lines read normally, weed killer, killed as will Kill This Killer Weed and Dynamite. Technically, the post-production inversion reverts the order of the words as well, translating his first spell into Weed Killer This Kill Killer Weed. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so they flipped the whole thing backwards instead of, like, flipping each word.
1: Oh, I don't even blame him for that. That's, yeah. all that Yeah, because it was stuff. in
0: post and so they just, like, flipped it back. <laughs> but I guess with Zatanna, they, they do it different. But...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that is interesting, though.
0: I guess that's the first time we heard him doing the backwards spells too, which was kind of cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: I did particularly like dynamite because it made me, I'm not sure if it was a direct reference, but I imagine in my head canon it kind of had to be, there was a old sitcom from, I want to say the seventies, maybe the eighties called good time, good times. And uh, there was a character that always said
0: dynamite.
1: Nice. I kind of thought Clarion was doing his best earth reference there.
0: Wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: You thought I wouldn't want to come into the Tower if they didn't you?
1: Ooh, that's that's a good point as well. That does remind me of a question I was going to ask. Zatanna alluded to the fact that Dr. Fate was otherwise preoccupied. Do we know what Dr. Fate is up to at this point in time? Fate no? things. Okay. I thought maybe it would have been mentioned in a previous episode and my recall just wasn't there, but maybe that's set up for something coming down the pike.
0: Yeah. Just Justice right. League stuff. I don't know.
1: Cool. Well, did you have anything else you needed to bring up about this episode, or should we transition to some
0: feedback? No, I'm excited for the rest of this arc. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be really action-packed.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it too, and I imagine we'll probably be able to have Andrew back in the proceedings for the, the next few episodes here, at least I hope.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, the, we did have a, uh, a feedback from Andre regarding Doctor Strange. Oh, yes. are we are going to hold back on reading that for a little bit just to kind of give listeners uh, the opportunity to watch it because I know it still is pretty relatively new and people haven't made the time to go out there. Um, but we do try to find our loopholes to talk about things, and mm. um, we are going to take advantage of that and use this feedback to talk about Doctor Strange for a little bit, but we're going to save that for next week and give a a heads up of like, hey, we're about to talk about it. So, um, Yeah,
1: I think that's a good call, not only just to give people time to catch the movie because it's still pretty new and we, we definitely want to avoid spoilers, but it's also a good heads up for people because as an animation podcast, they might not expect us to cover Doctor yeah. Strange in any way. And I'm not going to give anything away, but we definitely uh, found our loophole and... Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. So, yeah, in next week's episode, we'll give a big spoiler warning, but we'll do like a 10, 15-minute review of Doctor Strange just because I got to talk about it.
0: It'll be at the very end, so you can cut off if you guys need to. But yep. we are saving for next week, so Andre just wanted to know that. We're acknowledging your feedback, and it will be read next week. woo As for TJ Stafford, he is covering every episode as usual. Good old TJ. Uh, TJ Stafford says, this is what I've been missing all season. In my opinion, the show has always worked best when these characters are playing off each other and working together to get the thing done. The season has been wonderful, but dividing the team for so long was a mistake, I think. But I loved seeing Nightwing putting the pieces together, using different tidbits from each of the teammates. As for the reveal about the Kaiser Thrall, I got nothing. I haven't a clue. Never seen anything like it before on screen, and my research has come up empty. So we will just have to wait and see. But the biggest question of all, shouldn't someone tell McGann? Can't wait for (laughs) her episode. Thanks as always. (laughs) I feel like I'm they shouldn't tell McGann just yet, because that's a big thing to be like. Mm. Hey, by the way, he might be alive while she's already grieving and dealing with Garfield. Yeah. So It makes sense because Zatan just needed 24 hours and all this has happened in like four. Um, Mm. So I feel like they do need solid evidence and leads and potential before bringing her into it. Which I'm glad Zatanna was able to do the whole like memory sharing thing. They didn't need the mind reader for that.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good point. We didn't really highlight on that. Uh, It seemed like she thought that Rocket may have some resistance to it. So it was nice to see that she was very implicit with her asking permission before she did that kind of thing, especially knowing, you know, with McGann on the mind, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, some of the pervasions of the mind she perpetrated in previous seasons. But No, I, I agree with you. I think right off the bat, it seems like, oh yeah, they should go tell McGann instantly to make her feel better. But this is a very delicate situation dealing with timelines and other planets and whatnot. So they need to be able to react and respond as rationally and without emotion until they have the full picture. So I am hopeful when McGann finally gets to learn that you know, Connor is still alive and hopefully it'll be beneficial to her mental health as well as, as Garfield's. But it still seems like Garfield needs to process some healing and deal with some things yeah. before it, there's just an easy easy way out.
0: Yeah, and with it seeming like the phantom zone is something people on the Milky Way don't necessarily know about mm-hmm. this is new realm that they're going to need some help and information to get into.
1: Yeah, without a doubt and hopefully when she has her happy reunion with Connor, hopefully his his mind is in the right place or maybe they can kind of come full circle and maybe she can help him rehabilitate his mind. Mm-hmm. But also think about the Legionnaires. Like it'll be really great for them to know that Phantom girl still around. They've been through so much themselves. We haven't got to know them all that well, but they're obviously taking a really big risk and making sacrifices to ensure their own timeline and future. Yeah. But yeah, we're right there with you with the Kaiser thrall TJ. It's uh, interesting that you didn't have the answer this time around. So we'll all have <laughs> to f- find out together. That's the fun of the show though.
0: So, with HBO putting up a specific poster with excellent artwork mm. uh, on each arc, yeah. if you guys want to see it, on HBO Max, they have the artwork for Arc 6. It looks really great with Nightwing in the center, but it actually has General Zod in full color. Nice. Uh, because we've only seen him in like his see-through phantom thing, for the most right. part. Yeah, uh, So, seeing him in color... Looks pretty cool if anyone's interested. Yeah, great call out. Yeah, I've,
1: I've been loving the promotional posters they've been doing for all the arcs. Very highly detailed, capturing the style of the show, but just giving it the little extra polish that you can do yeah. with a, like a still image like that.
0: A little artistic flavor. There's always one character that looks like super creepy in each one, and I love it.
1: I don't have it right in front of me. Who's the creepy looking one this time? Connor. That was <laughs> oh, <is> he. <laughs> Ooh, that gives a little more credence to my um speculation about his mental state
0: metron looks creepy Yeah, oh yeah orion metron definitely looks, looked creepy orion looks creepy uh <laughs> the other what was the the kid's name the other chaos child? sorceress yeah child she looks creepy yeah. um cheshire looks creepy mm. and then alifak looks creepy
1: Right in with your top 10 creepers of the Young Justice universe. (laughs) Creep.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
1: Cool. As we're winding down here, once again, it's great to be back in Young Justice with uh, a fan favorite character, Nightwing, and his art going forward. I would like to remind everyone about that episode that we mentioned at the top. Uh, keep an eye out for that in your feeds. The interview we had with Nina Helene Hurton. And uh, I'd also like to mention that I will be appearing on one of our sister shows or sibling shows, if you will. That's uh bingers assemble where we cover geeky fandom movies uh, and rewatch them so that you don't have to. And we just covered, it was Matthew Carroll, Karen Huffstetler and myself, Covering the original 1993 Jurassic Park, we're going to be covering all the Jurassic Park movies in the franchise, leading up to Jurassic World Dominion, which I'm very excited for. So, check that out. And Mr. Zuhair, do you have anything to plug?
0: Nothing for me right now. Got some things, uh, got some things pending, but nothing out there yet.
1: Okay, I know you and Sarah Day have been working on the Marvel Cinematic Universe fantasy draft. So with Bountiful the conclusion- <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, well, yeah, with the conclusion of Moon Knight, and now with uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness out, I'm sure there's gonna be some updates there soon.
0: Yep, it's uh, it's all attempting to come together.
1: Okay, well, appreciate your efforts there, as well as appreciate you being here. That's it for me this week. I'm Jay Scotty Saint Clair, and thank you so much for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N
0: And as always, stay welcomed. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com groups svchat. Tune in next time and remember, stay whelmed.